Hi, welcome to Per My Last Email. This is your host, Michaela. Every other week, I'll be coming on here to tell you everything going on in my life. Sometimes it'll be real estate and some tips and tricks for all of you. Sometimes it'll be everything that drives me crazy about building a business, but it'll always be something you can relate to and be like, yep, definitely feel that. Each episode is meant to inspire, connect, and maybe lead you to a glass of wine while we all discuss the many reasons we've all thought about writing emails, starting with the phrase, per my last email. This is a Soul Fire production. Hi guys, welcome to episode three of the Per My Last Email podcast. I'm so excited that we're on episode three. It's kind of shocking, but I guess I signed up for this, so that kind of makes sense that the episodes would keep rolling. I'm just shocked, honestly, that there's already a little community growing and forming and that people kind of are resonating with what we're talking about. I do not have enough Instagram followers for anyone to ever recognize me anywhere, let alone in an elevator. But I was in an elevator recently and a woman stopped me and said, oh my God, are you Michaela? I follow you on Instagram. You don't know me. And I was so excited that this happened, that it didn't even occur to me to tell her to listen to the podcast, but listen to the podcast, guys. If this is your first episode that you're listening to, or you have been listening all along, thank you for being here. I'm just shocked. I'm shocked that my intent to create a community is already working, and I'm already getting so much feedback that people feel like they are connected to this, that they are excited for Wednesday drops, and that they feel like they're finally hearing from women in similar situations as they are. And actually, I've heard a whole lot of feedback from women who aren't even in the workforce, who are just excited to hear different women telling their stories. Because again, I don't think our stories are always heard in full. They're told in pieces and they're told in little bits to prove a point, but not always told from the beginning to end and where we are now and how we got here. So Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of the community. And I'm just excited to see it grow. With that being said, I've talked about that this podcast came out of a lot of different pieces of thought and intuition and random people like mediums telling me to do it. But also it came out of an Instagram story I made probably about six or eight months ago where My Instagram story was actually inspired by the Instagram story of an actual influencer. She was once on The Bachelor, I believe. That's kind of how she got her notoriety. And now she has a really good Instagram following. And she was on her Instagram basically crying out of happiness because she had just bought a home and she had kind of kept it a secret from Instagram, obviously, until it was a little bit more secure and more of a for sure thing. But she had bought her first home and she was on the internet basically crying, saying that she was just so shocked that she could do this for herself and it never even occurred to her that she could do this for herself. And there are just, there's so much pressure from the world that says that women get to have a home when they get married or when they have a partner, or when they start a family, if they choose to do so. And having a home kind of is tied to all of that. And she's single, and she went out and bought her own home, and so she was happily crying on the internet, basically. And as somebody who sells real estate, her video really resonated with me. And so I proceeded to go on my Instagram and basically give a rant to my little following to say, hey, I hear you, I see you, and you can have your own home with or without a partner, doesn't matter. You don't need a ring to get a house. It has no connection. 
And I don't even think that people really understand the history of this or why there is this sort of unspoken pressure on women that makes them think they can't have these things unless they have a ring or a family, honestly, or a man. And so I kind of wanted to tell you all, I know there's a good amount of knowledge now about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the incredible things that she did for the world, especially for women's rights. I don't know if everybody comprehends that when she was first arguing Reed versus Reed in the early 70s, many banks still wouldn't issue women credit cards or let them open bank accounts without their husband's permission. They weren't allowed to obtain mortgages or get business loans without any kind of male co-signer. So this idea that you needed a husband or you needed a father in order to get a credit card, let alone a mortgage, let alone a home, no one was gonna give you these things without a man. And so although it's been 50 years and these laws have changed, and obviously women are out here with their own credit cards, with their own homes, with their own mortgages, there is still sort of this veil that kind of sits on everything, that kind of is this pressure to say, maybe you should get a husband first and then you guys will get a home. There's sort of this timeline that's put into place of how people are supposed, and by people I mean women, how women are supposed to do things, the timeline in which they do them, and the proper way in which that's supposed to go. I kind of have always been a screw the timeline kind of girl. So I don't like the timeline. I've never liked the timeline. I don't feel like the timeline really helps women at all. I think it kind of hinders us to follow in a path that makes everybody else more comfortable but doesn't necessarily provide us our highest best. And so I went on my Instagram and I gave this rant about women earning what they earn, still being able to buy a home. So even if a woman is not earning $100,000 a year, she can still buy a condo. And if a woman has worked a couple years out of college and saved even a little amount of money, she can go buy a condo. Although we live in a metropolitan city, and although there, you know, it can be expensive at times, Chicago is still incredibly affordable in comparison to New York or LA or some of the comparable in size cities in the US. And so because of that, there is an entry level buy-in that is possible. I've had clients that buy condos for $175,000. I've had clients who buy condos for $150,000. These are all options. And I think that women don't even sometimes think about them because they are just waiting. They're waiting for a ring. They're waiting for a timeline checklist. They're waiting for a wedding. I don't know. They're waiting for a million things. But women can do this on their own. They are equipped to do this on their own. We, we are equipped to do this on our own. We are strong enough to do this on our own. We are financially literate enough to do this on our own. And we have worked our asses off to do this on our own. And that might just be my public service announcement for the day. But to all the women that are joining this community and feeling like you have a voice and your stories are worth something, I want you to understand that part of this community is just that. And part of it is going to be me and the people I bring on the podcast, empowering the hell out of you to stand in your own sunshine. Because we've earned it, we deserve it, and we should probably take ownership of it now. Welcome to episode three of the Per My Last Email podcast. Today, I have the cutest cutest girl with me. This is Ashley Louise. She is a physician's assistant at Natural Beauty Med Spa here in Chicago. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. 
So tell me a little bit about what you do now, and then we'll work backwards from there and figure out how you got here. Perfect. So I am aesthetic physician assistant. I am co-owner of Natural Beauty Med Spot. We have two locations here in Chicago, in Roscoe Village and one in Gold Coast. Perfect. My partner is Dr. Wiesman. He's a fantastic plastic surgeon. I'm just so lucky to be working alongside of him. He's actually done all of my work on this. Amazing. <laughs> That's actually the best compliment, right? It's like if yes. you're going to these people to transform your own body. Yes. That's like the biggest. He's wonderful. I have one other partner, Samantha Ruder. She mm-hmm. is the managing partner and we have a couple estheticians that she manages. So okay. it's a pretty large practice. Yeah. I'm so happy to be there. Cool. Awesome. So let's like start. I I feel like everybody I've interviewed, I probably do the same thing with. So for listeners, just get used to it. Let's start from the beginning. How did we end up from like Ashley in the third grade to Ashley owning multiple businesses, running her own business? Like, how do we get there? Let's start from the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. Start from the third grade playground. Oh my goodness. So I lived in Indiana, Mm -hmm. small hometown Crown Point, and I wasn't like super beautiful or like just very average. So I had to be super nice for people to like Mm. me. That's all started. So no, that makes sense. So I swear when I moved to Chicago, I know I'm skipping ahead. People are like, where are you from? Like, like why, are why are you so, so nice? Kind. I remember being on a boat cleaning up after like these drunk girls. And this guy was like, what are you doing? And I was just like, well, it's a mess. I'm so sorry. And he was like, you can have fun. Like, ch- like where are you from? He's like, like, this is not raised you. <laughs> and that's when I was like, oh my God, I don't belong here. Like such a people pleaser. <laughs> yes, I am a people pleaser. Being a people pleaser actually is excellent because it generates good customer service and it makes people want to come back over and over because they feel like they're being taken care of. Yeah, absolutely. But I went to Purdue University. Okay. I went to a branch school. So it was um, Purdue Calumet. I'm actually okay. not even sure what it's called to this day. It was close to home. Yeah. I finished in three and a half years because I was an overachiever. Perfect. <laughs> um, my undergrad was in biology, like mm-hmm. just pre-health professions. I worked for the Dean of Students, student activities. Amazing. I was a nanny, like for a girl who's three months old till she was three years old. Okay. I worked as a banquet server too. Like I don't even know how I juggled all of all those of jobs, mm-hmm. but... I did. And on paper, I looked fantastic. Looking yeah. back now, it's exhausting. Yeah. I created a pre-health professions club because no one knew what a physician assistant was and I wanted to... How weird. Right? I know. No one knew what weird. it was. Including myself, actually, until yeah. I was a sophomore in college. I was in the biology club, too. Like, I was just super just... nerdy. Like, so nerdy. <laughs> it's overachiever. <laughs> like, let me make 17 clubs. I will be president of all of them. <laughs> I will find followers. I will make friends. Somebody will come be a yes. part of my club. But it was all about networking. Yeah. So that's where it started. So I sense. would find people in like the biology program. We would kind of get together and study. They've already taken a course and they would like give me tips and tricks mm. on when to like take certain courses because labs were really hard yeah. or like how to leverage yourself so you'd get the best GPA, you know, for that semester yeah. because that's all you just have to look at on paper. Yeah. You, there's no it interview. Yeah. So we were all in the same boat. I had really good you know, almost like mentors. They were a year or two above me who like really helped me become who I am in undergrad. Then I got into PA school, which is not Mm -hmm. easy. And once I was in PA school, I was super depressed. I like 
oh my god, it was just terrible. My anxiety was sky high mm. because you could only like fail two exams in a semester. I if see. you like got over or like below a sixty nine on two exams, then you were you were cut. Oh my god. You're put on probation. She says. Put on probation and then you would be like just exited from the program. The hell? So it was a class of thirty. We only finished with our graduating class. I think we like lost a few along the yeah, way. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um but I finished and my mental health is much better yeah. now. <laughs> Thinking about having to recertify for my boards, I oh just my god. wanna I get it. I like literally the fact that I graduated architecture school is truly like the biggest miracle of life and like has nothing to do with me and right. has everything to do with everyone that was around me. A lot of Adderall. That's, That's, yeah. I, was, I have the worst ADHD, so I don't even know how I survived this yes. experience, but we got there. We got there. We graduated. So I went on working as an orthopedic physician assistant okay. and I was mostly in the OR. Mm-hmm. A surgeon typically works, you know, like three days in surgery mm-hmm. and then two in clinic. Yeah. And I was doing close to like four. Like oh, it, was, it was it was really a lot. Like hard work. Did I love it in the beginning? Maybe yes, because it was a good challenge. Yeah. But then it got so repetitive and patients would always be like, well, where's the doctor? I want to see the doctor. And I just spent seven years of my life going to school. Yeah. It was like defeating. I never mm. felt wanted. So I was like, there has to be something more for me where like people like care to see Ashley. It's like, I want to be the one that they're asking for. But I wasn't a doctor. So that was never going to happen in that. In that place. Yeah. Isn't that so weird how like we all set up an idea in our head of like what it might look like and then you get there and you're like this doesn't feel good to me no (laughs) like you spend this whole like incredible amount of time and effort getting there and then you sit down in your you know in your sandbox and you're like I don't fucking like this sand. No. Like this, this sand feels terrible. It's sticky in the wrong ways. It's not touching me the right ways. I don't like it. No one's being nice to me in the sandbox. I want this. Oh my God. No one. So this is a side note, but I struggled with like cystic acne, like, Mm. and like, it would just like leave scars. I feel like a lot of people wouldn't realize I have the issue, but because it wasn't like I had a pizza face, it would just be like one or two that like wouldn't heal nicely. So one of these super sweet nurses that I worked with in the OR, her name was Jody. She's super sweet. I hope she listens to this. She took me underneath her wing and she was like, come see my girl, Nadia. She was like, she'll do, she'll take care of you. Like she was like, you Mm. should get some of these PRP injections done and blah, blah, blah. So I got three, changed my life. It was the first time in my life Mm. I could go to the gym without makeup on or like to the grocery store and not feel super self-conscious. And what that, this lady who helped me, she was a nurse practitioner and owned her own med spa. I was like, oh my God, I want to do this for someone. I want to be her. Like, yes. That's like when the light bulb went Mm. off and I was like, I found my calling. I want to help people restore their confidence like this. And there was some issues at my office. So I ended up not re-signing. Actually, I was let go. (laughs) Their um, loss, but also you needed to be let go yeah. because you needed to do something else. Yeah, so, but it, it ended up working out at the perfect yeah. time. Yeah, I was let go. I won't say that because they're probably listening, being like, "She's a liar." Listen, <laughs> she we, we all get fired sometimes. It happens. Um, so I was let yeah. go. I did a fitness show. Okay. When I had been training for sixteen to eighteen weeks, like super hard, working out morning and night. Okay really into my fitness and I finally had my show right and one of the managers gave me a call and was like how did your show go and like when I like actually rewind before I saw like 
her name pop up and I was oh. like I just had a gut feeling I was like she's because gonna fire me and I was like the first time drinking it in a few months I was trying to like my friends threw me a party and I was so excited I had to step out of like the little the club that we were at yeah and I was like oh my god this is it like so I'm getting and, fired and I was like and now looking back I was like am I psychic like yeah like how did I know and she hopped on the phone she's like oh how was your competition yeah. blah 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 like we're so proud of you and I told her I placed and you know, shared my excitement, but I like felt it coming. And then she was like, no, you don't have to return back to work. <laughs> and I was Enjoy like, your weekend, by yes! the way, never come back. <laughs> That's exactly how it was. And I was like, uh, I, I couldn't even say any, I don't even know what I said yeah, in that moment. Right. I, because I was like, like, for one, had like a few mimosas in me already. Yeah. And I was like, do I cry? Yeah, like, do I scream? <laughs> like, what do I do? So did they give that, you a reason? No. No, it was like they, they were just have a great so day. sorry. Yeah, and I was like, "What?" So I went back inside. I cried. I'm sure for sure. It's like a normal. And I was, I was just like devastated. Yeah, I ended up like not even celebrating the rest of that day mm. um, because I just couldn't shake yeah. it off. I'm yeah. such a Taurus. Like I'm super stubborn. Yeah. I was like, nothing is gonna change my mood. <laughs> I don't care how many bottles of champagne you guys buy me. I just want to go home and sulk. Yeah, and like be sad in a corner. Yes. So then I finally cried on my couch for like I think it was a solid two weeks. No joke. Wow. And I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Right. I had offers for other ortho places, but I was like, I didn't like it then. Why would I like right. it now? And then a light bulb went off. I was like, you know what? That lady. That lady, Nadia. <laughs> I was like, I want to be her. That injection lady. Yes. So I did some research, found a good course to take. Mm. And I was like, I don't care how much money it is because it's like worth it. Like this yeah. investment could like change my life. Yeah. And backstory, I never had even time to take a single vacation when I worked for that company. Mm. They were just always short staffed. Yeah. So I never even got to spend all the money that I made. So right. it was perfect timing for me to have, a, you know, two months off of work and to figure my shit out. Yeah. At the moment, I thought it was devastating. But right now I'm like, wow, that set That's, me up for that was, success. Totally. It and had to like play out that way. Fall in their life. That was my pitfall. Yeah. I was depressed, you know, just trying to figure out life new to Chicago, not mm. knowing anyone. So I started researching and I found a course and I became certified to become an injector. So I was like, okay, I got that part down. Now yeah. where to find a job? <laughs> now what do I do? Now, now I need to you know, find someone yeah, to right. take me. I found a location and he was so wonderful. He was excited to have me because he never had an injector at his place. And okay. It ended up not working out like long term, but you know, I was super grateful that he, you know, let me work for his company. Yeah. And he believed I mean, in he me. gave you an opportunity yes. ultimately. Yes. Whatever that exactly. ended up being in the end, it was still an opportunity somebody gave you yes. when you literally had no proof of concept. Absolutely. On what you were doing. Yes. I had no yeah. track record. Yeah. I was just like, hey. I took this course. You know, Here I, I am. I, and I had my idea. I actually at the time was a bottle server too. Yeah. I worked at a few nightclubs. And I was like, I know people. I was like, I, I like these girls will for sure let me you yeah. know, and work on them. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just do it. I'll just do it for like just product cost and then have them post. Like I had a whole plan yeah. what I was going to do. And he was so kind. He was like, I believe in you. He's like, you're going to yeah. be a star. He was like, 
which I, I, I haven't seen him in forever. I would love to tell him, you know, mm. thank you for that because I feel like everyone needs someone that believes in you. But we ended up going our separate ways and I found a different location, another startup. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic kind of hit. So that didn't, that that didn't, didn't really play out. out. But then I landed Dr. Wiesman and here I am today. And he's, like I said earlier, he's so wonderful. He believes in me. He already has a super successful company, multiple at that. He wears so many hats. So he's not after me for my money. He's just like, do your thing. He was like, you're great. He was yeah. like, come you know, join the team rather yes. than make a team. Yes, exactly. He was just like, you already have a business. He's like, yeah. you really don't need me. Like, but together we could be so yeah. powerful. Right. And with that, I've just, we've been able to like grow. I had, you know, it's still, I think a, we're in a somewhat of a pandemic or this yeah. past year. Yeah. But I hit $2 million in sales. Amazing. And it was just like in a pandemic, I nearly doubled my business. And it was just like, if you have the right team and the foundation behind you, you really could accomplish so much. I agree. So yeah, that's that's where I am today. Amazing. I beautify people's faces. I just Good. try and restore confidence. And, you know, having people want to come see me and ask to say, when they, to double check when they're there, I'm seeing Ashley, right? You know, that is like where I'm like, That's yes, that. <laughs> that is that moment where I'm like, I made Can it. I see the doctor, please? <laughs> That's that like moment. Yes. <laughs> like I am the damn doctor this time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I remember, you know, I know I touched on it earlier saying when I'd see like pre-op or post-op yeah. patients and they'd be like, who are you? You look so young. I don't mm. want, Ashley, I, I, like, I, who are you? You. I want to see the doctor. And I would be like, I'm so, I'm so sorry. And then mm-hmm. I'd have to explain what a physician assistant is, yeah. what my credentials are. And they'd be like, what, you're like a personal assistant, a PA? And I was like, no, 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 I, I'm not. And then finally, when people would ask, I would get, I'd be like, yeah, you know, that's what I am. I, I spend a lot of freaking money to be a personal I'm, assistant. I'm the doctor's assistant. I'll be back. <laughs> Never mind. I'm here to get you to sign the paper. Yes. I have no other credentials. No other. I'm here to make sure you know how to use a pen. Yes. <laughs> Literally, that's my only goal. Oh, my God. Okay. So I think we've actually touched on a couple of things that I want to circle back on, which I, I'm just like so excited that we got there because I think these are moments that so many women have had in their lives. We kind of talked about it, but like this, this concept that like, you know, you were the physician's assistant. And yet everybody's like under the impression you're there to like literally be the office manager mm-hmm. to some extent, but you've spent all this time, all this money, all this energy getting there. And then it's not rewarded in the way that like you wanted it. Yeah. And I think for somebody who is a people pleaser and like wants that recognition and wants to make people happy when their response back to them is like, why are you here? Like you are not fulfilling my need. Yeah. That's such a hard pill. Oh my God. Because all you want to do is like fulfill their need. Yes. (laughs) And not making people happy. I don't, it crushes my Mm. ego. It's just, it was damaging. Yeah. I was like, wow, I spent all this money on this education and people don't recognize because a lot of people know what a nurse practitioner is, right? but not a lot of people know what PAs are. Right. I was like, I messed up. I went the wrong route. And I was just like, no, I didn't. Like, you know, it's fine. This this makes sense for you, but you had to find the right niche. I feel like some of us, we like have this idea put in our, or like we create the idea of what we want to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And like what it looks like and what it feels like. I would almost argue sometimes the feeling of what it feels like. Our imagination of that drives the entire ship Mm -hmm. somewhere. And then you get there and you're like, this is not how I imagined it. I did not imagine them thinking I was the assistant. I did not imagine feeling like shit every day (laughs) 
and like my ego being crushed every day and feeling like, why the hell did I make all these decisions? Yes. I was going to say, you know, just, I was assisting in surgery a lot of right. times and I was working for multiple physicians that even though they do, would do like all the same surgery, but they do it differently. Mm. So if I like messed up on something, oh my goodness, it was like the world was ending. Was ending. And I get it. It's a lot, of, you know. I mean, it's a serious thing. Yes. Yeah. It's but surgery. It would be like, it would mostly be like startup or at the end. Like where it really, it wasn't that crucial, but like they would just like let loose. Lose their mind. And it probably, they probably didn't mean to do it, take yeah. it out on me personally, but they have a stressful job. And I just felt like I was beat down so much yeah. where I was just like, oh my God, my, I'm like sensitive, like so sensitive. <laughs> yeah. So once again, being a people pleaser and someone like yelling at me, I'm like I've cried it, yeah. I, in, in surgery. I would like a tear Tears. down and I would have to like sniffle. And like we had, uh, you know, we're like masked and right. like, sometimes we would have to wear like these hoods. Oh, and, sure. Um, if it was a total joint or something. And I remember... I would just try and like just keep my eyes like I'd squint so that no one would know. But my tears like, were going. And then I'd be like, bitch, open your eyes for surgery. <laughs> you can't sit here with your eyes closed. <laughs> I'd be like, he's mad. I passed him the wrong thing or did something wrong. I'd be like, oh, oh my god. I needed, I, it was time to get out. I didn't last It kind long. of seems like it was time before you got there. Yes. <laughs> but that's the point. It's like we imagine this like version of our lives and like we, we spend so much time and effort creating it. Yeah. And then we get there and we're like, this ain't right. No. And I will say that like, I think that not everyone can, it takes a not strong enough. <laughs> yeah. It takes a really like strong person to realize like the feeling that you're feeling in that moment doesn't line up with the sort of imagined version of it. Mm-hmm. And ultimately we deserve the imagined version. Yeah. Even if like there's some tweaks and it's a different profession or if it's a different way of getting there, we all deserve to feel the level of gratitude and the level of like success that we internally want. But like sometimes, you know, we imagine the road a little different than it ultimately ends up being. And so not everyone has the strength to get off the road that they've put themselves on. Oh, for sure. And go somewhere else simply because it feels wrong. Right after I switched to, you know, I was super close with a lot of PAs that yeah. I graduated with. And when I switched my route to something non-traditional, right. I'm sure people were like, what, what is, is she, she doing? doing? Like, you know, that's not what we studied for years right. for. Like, you know, that's not, she's not a real PA. Like, yeah. And I would get these comments all the time, but I was like, you know what? It's okay. I'm a business owner. You know? It makes me happy. Though. I was like, this is going to, I'm not going to be able to travel. Yeah. I'm going to be able to make my own hours. And it might suck in the beginning because no business yeah, I mean, is easy yeah, in the beginning. Totally. But I was like, I will have the life I want if I do this. So I just can't yeah. listen to like all these little voices saying yeah. it's a bad idea. Right. Bad or sense. wrong yeah. or like not in line with where you're supposed to be or what it's supposed to look like. Yes, exactly. And I think that's kind of the point. And I've talked about this on other podcasts, but I think especially as women, we get a very specific picture drawn for us of what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. And then if God forbid we decide we want a picture that doesn't look like that, it can be really challenging to break the mold, especially mm-hmm. if you want to please people and especially if you want to make others proud of you or happy or whatever that looks like. It's hard to break out of that mold and like go do something else or make the picture look different or pick the other road, especially if you've invested a lot of time and money and effort into it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes a whole lot of sense. I want to fast forward a little bit. We kind of talked about, so you jumped around from a couple different med spas. Is that what, that's what they're called, right? Do you feel like from every situation you were in, 
if they ended well or not kind of is irrelevant. Do you feel like for better or worse, they were stepping stones? For sure. To where you are now? I think that if you don't look at things as stepping stones or learning lessons, you've kind of not mastered that part of like your life. Like I, the worst things could happen to me, but if you didn't learn from it and you just like harp on it and think that it's all negative, then you're never going to move forward. Yeah. So I agree. And I've had a lot of mistakes where I've had to pay a lot, a lot, of, <laughs> a money. lot of money yeah, you know, to, fix, to get out of it yeah. or fix it. I don't even look at that as a negative because right. I just remember all the good that came from yeah. it. Um, the doctor was super kind. He always believed in me. And he, I had a constant daily reminder, you're, you're, you're going good to enough. be great. Yeah. You're going to be a star. He would say it all the time. And I would just like laugh and I'd be like, huh? Like, right. Oh, like, okay. okay. It's like when you're a little kid and your parents are like, yeah. you're going to be a star, sweetie. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'm going like, to go. And he would say it all the time. No mm. wonder why his kids are super successful. But anyway, It's like positive affirmations yes. every day at work. Yes. So for that, he set me up for success. Yeah. And I really believe that truly. And then the next place I went to, you know, it was another startup and they had to believe in me to come there. It was, they spent all of this money on this business. So that was really cool too, to be such a young injector. I'd only, I only had a year underneath my belt and they were like, yeah, you could. Like we believe in you and you can have your own little thing here. So, I mean, that was just cool to then, once I went to Dr. Reisman, who never believed in having an Mm. injector, like he- As his business practice, yeah. yeah. Never wanted to have a partner. He's essentially, as a physician assistant, I cannot order my own product. So I I have to, you know, have some sort of partnership, even though- With a doctor of some kind. Mm -hmm. We own natural beauty together, but then I have my own business, Injections by Ashley Louise, and we're affiliated because I need his title. I see. And he- you know, if this was maybe five years ago, I can't really foresee him ever taking anyone on because right. it would be more of a risk. But he's such a businessman that I had these stepping stones. I was like, hey, these are my numbers. This is what I could produce. You know, I know that we're in a pandemic, but I'm hoping that I could at least maintain this. Right. Nonetheless, I came on with his team and we doubled. Right. And it was just like all the pieces to the puzzle finally fit. Fit. And it, but isn't it that funny? It's sense. like it's like you pick up the little pebbles you needed all along the way because you're right. Like yeah. if you had come to him three years ago, five years ago, like he wouldn't have taken you. you yeah. Like you didn't have any. Yeah. Anything he would have been like get lost. Like <laughs> okay, little like little girl. This is nice. This is cute. But like you got nothing to prove, and yeah. like you have nothing to bring me, and I'm already a full fledged business. Yes. So it's like you need all those things, even if in the moment when you're going through them, they don't feel great. You've got to have the long game in mind and understand like you're picking what you're picking, whatever that looks like in that moment. There's going to be some shit. It's going to be wrapped in some shit sometimes. Yes. But like you're going to get that pebble in the end and that pebble is going to, you know, join the next pebble you grab. And then when you get to where you're sort of meant to go, you've got a whole bag of these pebbles to hand somebody as payment for, for taking you on. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or I thoroughly annoyed you enough that you feel like you have to come back for more, please go subscribe, rate us, send a review, and share us on social. You sharing us means all of our struggles don't have to be in silence anymore, and it means we all have a voice. Most importantly, it means I get to keep making episodes. So please, go share. 